In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Jesus saves. How many times have you heard this phrase? And what does it conjure for you when you hear it? It shows up in some surprising forms. I've seen Jesus saves tagged on the side of a building and on a concrete overpass. I've seen a young man with a Jesus saves tattoo running down his leg. Last year when we were looking to get a new clock in the priest sacristy, one of the ones we considered had a picture of Jesus geared out as a goalie standing in front of the net in a hockey game (laughs) with the words, Jesus saves, across the top. Jesus save bro shirts are a thing. You can buy Jesus saves earrings, car decals, onesies, coffee mugs, baseball caps, and belt buckles for crying out loud. On Etsy alone, there are over 25 pages of Jesus saves items. Today we commemorate Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Jesus has been ministering throughout the area, healing, casting out demons, and providing sustenance for the masses. As he begins the journey to Jerusalem, he starts to teach the disciples that he must be arrested, suffer, and die. Even after three tries, the disciples are unable to hear this message. Now they have arrived, and Jesus has very specific instructions about how he will enter Jerusalem. He sends two of his disciples saying, go into the next village, you'll find a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, tell them, its master has need of it and will send it right back. They go and everything happens exactly as Jesus has said. Jesus mounts the young donkey and he and the disciples begin the journey into Jerusalem. The people begin to shout, Hosanna, blessed, is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna, not a common word. It comes from two Hebrew words, which mean, save us. The people cheered and tossed branches and shouted, Hosanna. They looked upon this man rumored to be the Messiah, and they cried out to him, save us, save us. What do you imagine they wanted Jesus to save them from? The story is told of a pastor putting this question to a group of seventh graders at his church. He asked them, if Jesus saves, what do you think he's saving you from? Well, the first answer that came back was hell. Now, hell isn't a bad answer, but it seems the kind of answer that seventh graders would give because they think that's what the pastor wants to hear. And so he changed the question and asked, if Jesus was on his game, what would he be saving you from? The answers he received included death, pressure, bullies, my parents' expectations, my fears. I don't believe the people lining the streets of Jerusalem were primarily concerned about hell when they were shouting out to Jesus. The Gospels tell us that what the people want is to be saved from the Romans, 
They want deliverance from an occupying army. But Jesus' carefully orchestrated entry is his way of saying he will not be the kind of savior they are envisioning. He wants to send the message that he is fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy. Look, your king comes to you in innocence and as a savior, humble and mounted on a beast of burden, a young colt. Jesus comes not to conquer, but to show the ways of peace. He comes not to lord his authority over others. He comes in humility. He comes not with pomp and wealth, but as one identified with the poor. He comes not as a warrior, but as one in vulnerability who refuses to rely on violence. The people are looking for a leader that will fight to bring down the oppressive system they live under. They are pleading for help, hungry for liberation. Save us, they cry. But Jesus does not set about saving them in a manner they can recognize. When it becomes apparent that Jesus is not that kind of savior, the people's jubilation dissipates. It only takes a few days for them to move from crying, Hosanna, to shouting, crucify him. Jesus does indeed save. He saves us from our smallness and our hardness of heart. He saves us from self-centeredness and believing that our lives are only about us. He saves us from the emptiness of not being part of something bigger than ourselves. He saves us from isolation, from the absence of community. And most significantly, he saves us in his promise that he is with us in the pain and beauty of our lives and that nothing can separate us from his love and presence. Not even our fickleness that allows us to shout, Hosanna, save us today. And on Friday, crucify him. Let us savor today when the people and we embrace Jesus. After our long Lenten journey, let us celebrate this day. Let us shout, Hosanna, save us with hope. And then let us come back. Let us come Thursday evening to be with Jesus at his final meal with his disciples, where he gives us a new commandment to love one another and then shows us what that looks like by washing our feet. On Friday, let us come to own our fickleness, when we'll not only witness but participate in Jesus being arrested, abandoned, mocked, vilified, condemned, beaten, and killed on a cross. On Saturday, let us wait. Let us wait through the darkness of Jesus' death, his body lying in the tomb while the whole creation holds its breath. Let us be courageous enough to stay with Jesus, to enter into the pain and rejection of this week so that we can own and celebrate our salvation in the mystery of the resurrection. Thanks be to God, Jesus saves. Amen.